Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Creature Feature, production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host of Mini Parasites, Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology, and today on the show, Coral Reef Madness! from how reefs can begin from the teeniest microscopic grain of living rice to the bleaching that threatens our reefs and what we can do about it. We'll also discover some of the fascinating inhabitants of reefs, including some little dudes who wear living boxing gloves. Discover this and more as we answer the age-old question, can you go through life with only one hole? Joining me today are podcasting legends and hosts of My Brother, My Brother, and Me, as well as The Adventure Zone, Ether C, Justin Travis, and Griffin McElroy. Welcome, you guys. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I am a big fan of Ether C. Uh, as someone who loves marine biology, I am super impressed with how you guys incorporate uh, marine biology into the show. That's very nice to hear, considering just how little research uh, work <laughs> went into that particular. Yeah. It was mostly me looking at pictures of uh, deep deep sea creatures and saying, that looks cool, but I refuse to learn anything else about it, aside <laughs> yeah. from just that. But the extent of my research is watching uh, the anything where David Attenborough talks about 
weird fish that light up deep down under the ocean. I love that when he's yeah. like, look at this, oh, yeah. look at this guy. This one's, this this one's real guy. weird. Wow, Everyone agrees that this That's what, really good. Is David Attenborough here? Sir. Justin's doing highness? some kind of like cockney David Attenborough, and I don't understand Please. from his oh, rough and tumble days. Well, it's fish, wouldn't it? <laughs> Please call me Big Dave. All my friends do. Crikey. Well, whatever you did, I really appreciated it. I really loved the giant flatworms. Wonderful. And, of course, the hero Zooks, uh, a being made of coral and symbiotic creatures. And just the whole underwater environment. It's such a wonderful story. And it inspired me to do a whole episode about coral reefs because I think they're one of the coolest things on planet Earth. They're one of those things that, uh, as Dad actually knows more about uh, coral, having sort of been the... Uh, the the one who came up with a lot of the way that like living coral beings worked uh, in in Ethersea, uh, and and so he got very 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 into them, and every time he would tell us stuff about the way coral worked, uh, it always seemed made up, and yep. I know it wasn't. It's just kind of a wild thing coral colonies are uh it, uh, it it's inspiring if only us humans could get it together as much as they yes. they have it's so rad when you first start learning learn about coral as a kid and someone's like that's alive and you're like oh, okay yeah right <laughs> sure on. in the same way that trees are alive yeah, right. i know what alive is like come on <laughs> does it eat chips no nope. okay <laughs> Is it moved by the music of Carly Rae Jepsen? Then we know it's not I alive. I do not because... believe it's alive. Yeah, no. If it doesn't lick Tacky's dust off its fingers, it's not alive. Right. Uh, Thank you. Now, wait. Hold there on, you Justin. You said that with a lot of confidence. Do you know that Coral isn't moved by the music of Carly Rae Jepsen? Have you ever seen Coral dance? Well, no, but I, I don't like to dance either. Said, there you have it. And so here that's... comes Katie with the first coral fact. It does dance. But it maybe, does dance. oh no, it the first move. coral fact coral is very shy, very embarrassed. It's stage fright. Okay. Always looking at its little coral feet, mumbling, uh, doing that <laughs> dance you do when you don't really want to dance. Exactly. But yes, it is alive and it can actually move, especially in the first stage of its life. So coral are cnidarians, they're related to jellyfish and sea anemone. Uh, so the way coral reefs form is it starts out as a free-swimming larva. So it swims around like a little tiny grain of living rice. Uh, and it scoots. It's very cute. It just kind of scoots around. It has a bunch of microscopic little hairs that wiggle around, allowing it to swim. It swims butt first, which is nice. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Best way to do it. I'm looking at a picture of one here you've included. It does look like a just a Dr. Scholl's like yeah. gel insert that somebody has thrown into the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um and are you sure that you're not being bamboozled in some in some way and that this is not a a gel insert? I mean, I am looking at it and it does look like a gel insert. Uh I would it would be nice if we could just harvest ergonomic inserts from the ocean. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's would, much more sustainable. It would be. Yes. Back to the sea where you be, where you began. <laughs> Everyone's just throwing their shoes out there. I got my sea legs and my orthopedics inserts. Um, <laughs> no, but they're tiny. God, sea legs is the brand, isn't it? Sea legs sea is the legs. brand. There Let's it is. Sea legs there it is. Yeah. We killed a million of these little baby cnidarians just to make your feet feel like they're walking on clouds. 
Worth, worth, it. worth it. <laughs> worth it. Yeah, so a uh, coral larva is called a planula. And they swim around butt first, and then it looks for a good rock to settle on, and it's very choosy because it's going to spend the rest of its life there. Now, you know a lot about uh, evolution of animals, right? So there's no way they started off swimming butt first. Like, there had to be, they were all swimming face first, and then one of them started doing butt first, and they're like, look at Jerry! (laughs) And then they all died, and they're like, okay, Jerry, nice. Everybody start doing what Jerry's doing. Do what Jerry's doing, he's got it. Have have we tried swimming butt first? Because maybe it's more effective. Yeah. Maybe it feels better. I mean, if you think about their intention, right, is to settle on a rock, so they have to, like, sit on it. So if you go butt first, you just kind of like, all right, and I sit yeah. here now, so it works yeah. out. Oh, okay. That right tracks. In. So they like surfaces that have already been inhabited by coral or surfaces with a lot of algae growing on them. Uh, the coral larva can actually detect chemicals released from algae and are attracted to it. And so once they have latched onto its new home, the planula undergoes metamorphosis, turning into nice. a polyp, which... It's the best. I love the biological terms that just melt in your mouth, like polyp. I don't oh, know that see, that one melts yeah. in yeah. my mouth, but I also am not like a, a animal expert. Right. So maybe you have a different sort of metric for, for what is phonetically pleasing. For me, pol- polyp conjures up a an unpleasant image <laughs> in my mind. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you know, you, you have to be in the know. It's the jargon, you know, right. polyp. Sure. Proboscis. Sure. See, that's good no matter what. Proboscis is great. Proboscis is fun to say. That polyp is fun to say in a different way. Mm. It sounds like something like goopy dropping Mm -hmm. from a height. You know, polyp. Polyp, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they are a little goopy, to be fair. So polyps take many different shapes. Generally, they look like little mushrooms, flowers, or sea anemones. And at this point, it has anchored itself to the rock, uh, and it quickly starts to reproduce by budding. So I want you guys to take a little trip to a place I call Imagination Station where we get deep inside our thoughts and think if like you suddenly have like a pimple and but it's not a pimple. It's a tiny you and it keeps getting bigger and bigger until Mm -hmm. you have a whole new you attached to you right next to you as your new best friend. Well, I wouldn't get along with me, frankly. That's a huge assumption, Katie. Yeah, just the one of me already gets on me's nerves. Uh, so I imagine if there was a bunch of me's sort of vying for me's attention, that would get that would get old pretty fast. Also, sort of, uh, you know, visually horrifying. Yeah. Uh, me better have a plan to buy their own drugs because I don't have, <laughs> listen, I can't keep two of us high. That's, the expense is out of control. Does the new one accept that I was the original? Because that mm. also would be a problem. Ooh, right. Huge problem. Thank you, yeah. Travis. New me's better keep me's hands off me wife. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Are you a pirate? Are you a clone of a pirate? Yeah, what's happening? No, I lost control Clone of Griffin the... is a pirate. <laughs> keep your hands off me wife. Like you can have her, bud. Rather than the copies getting worse, they just get more aquatic. Okay, right. but yeah. Multiplicity would have been a way there different movie if he had just not completely detached from the original host body. Right. If yeah. it was just four Michael Keatons <laughs> just wobbling around on two pairs of legs, that would have been a way better flick, actually. Yeah. I do not know that Andy that. McDowell would have been like, I'll let me kiss you, please. 
Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> We're getting into Cronenberg territory there, a but bit, yeah. Yeah. A, it is very Where's Cronenberg. that remake? So it is a form of asexual reproduction, self-cloning to produce exact copies of the original, which, as you guys have pointed out, it's kind of nice that in humans, like, we kind of scramble up our kids a little bit so that they're yeah. a little different. Uh, but, you know, but maybe better, better, better versions of ourselves. So uh, it is through this process of budding that a single polyp becomes a colony and you can see these huge extravagant structures. So uh, some individual polyps can be quite large. Some of the biggest are like five inches across, like the size of your hand, um, such as mushroom corals. But most of them are teeny tiny, real small just about a millimeter wide and can only be viewed with clarity by underwater microscopes. But it is the sheer volume of them, the number of them that creates these large coral structures. So uh, some coral structures are made up of thousands and thousands of clonal polyps. Uh, one estimate is that for species Katie, that- can I can I ask you a quick yes. question? And I'm, I'm really embarrassed by how sincere this is. Is underwater microscope a microscope made to go underwater or just a microscope you took underwater? <laughs> it's. I think it's made to go underwater. Um, okay. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know. I've never okay. used one. But, okay, good. So don't feel bad for that question. But I'm going to assume, so, like, again, I'm not a physicist, but I'm going to assume something happens, like, with the water refraction of the light that you have to change things. If you had said that in a different tone of voice, mm. I would have believed it. Um, I think Katie just used all the tones of voice. Though, so I don't know. That's <laughs> Tried possible. them all out. So, Tried them all out for size to see if any of them would sound like I know about it. So um, each, uh, yeah. So, but some of these coral polyp colonies can be quite large. So uh, each square meter of coral hosts about ten thousand small polyps, and a coral structure of clonal individuals can reach up to sizes of millions and millions of polyps. So that's a lot of polyps. That's my favorite catchphrase from Family Matters, by the way. That's yeah, a sure. lot of polyps. Yeah, I love in Family Matters when they had the, the, the coral boy who showed up and yeah. uh, took over the whole house. It's, it's, so all of that just comes from the one larva that chilled out and was like, this is a good spot. I'm going to make more of me's a million times over. Well, it came the first few came from that one and then other ones came from the other ones and then mm, other ones wagon. came from those guys and so okay. it's sort of exponential growth because you have it's not just one pop like okay i gotta do the millionth one now they're all yeah, starting right. to make these Listen, pop starting to i bud. know i understand basically compound interests and mm. i i don't know how we're not just swimming these things i hear that they're in your <laughs> bit of bit of trouble lately but like do a little math the, the, we should all be coral, and then coral should be everywhere, right? Well, it's, I think it's less like uh, compound interest and more like gentrification, mm. whereas the coral going like, I think this neighborhood's really ready to take off. And then they swarm into that neighborhood, and right now there's not a lot of neighborhoods ready to take off, I think <laughs> yeah, is the yeah. problem. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's interesting. You would think like they would just cover everything, but you know, you have a lot of other factors, uh, things that want to eat them, na like other coral that is competing with them and actually attacking them. And of course, each polyp is not immortal, even though coral structures can last a really long time. They can last from hundreds to thousands of years. Each polyp has a lifespan of like, you know, maybe a couple years. Uh, so it is, the, it, 
if they were unrestricted in growth, yes, they could cover the entire ocean. But there's a lot of uh, interceding forces, sometimes not great, like, you know, people doing bad stuff. Boo. (laughs) Just just eating them like so many Fritos. (laughs) Just reaching in there and grabbing a big crunchy chunk. So, um, you know, and and speaking of like the crunchiness of coral, um, which is uh, something I do like to think about, the mouthfeel of coral, is that there is hard and soft coral. So soft coral is held together by a jelly-like glue substance. And the most they have in terms of skeletal structure are these delicate spiny protrusions of calcium carbonate. We don't really think, like when we think of coral, we think more of hard or stony coral, uh, which produce much more calcium carbonate, which is actually the same material that is used to make shells, like seashells. And they form this hard rock-like skeletal structure that protects their little polyp bodies. And so by creating this massive skeletal structure of calcium carbonate, they can make massive, massive structures like the Great Barrier Reef off the coast of Australia that covers thousands of square miles, like 130,000 square miles, which for Europeans is 340,000 square kilometers. And How many cubits? <laughs> God <laughs> damn it, cubits are my one weakness. I don't know. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah. Well, well, I didn't allow we were allowed, I didn't know we were allowed to curse. Oh, nice. <laughs> get good. I actually, for all the curses, I have to put a little quack sound over it, which to be fair is funny. So you should funny. use a co- you should use a coral sound effect. Oh, <laughs> yeah. for this one. You think yeah. I don't have that? I do. You just wait like oh. I don't know five minutes. Oh, I boy. bet that coral that started it. I bet the polyp that started the Great Barrier. It feels pretty freaking proud of themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I well, mean, they're pretty smug. If yeah. they weren't long, 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 long dead, I bet they'd be like. But their clones, you know, some of their clones might still be around. Yeah. Well. Now it's more like, what, you need to see my ID? Do you know who I'm the clones, 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 clone of? My great, 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 great grand coral started this reef. Yeah, pal, mine too. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're right. Yeah, that is yeah, how it's yeah, yeah, that's fair. Well, there's been uh, 20,000 years of these annoying polyps arguing over that. Uh, and in fact, they actually lie on top of an even older skeletal reef structure that's over 600,000 years old. So that's all basically dead. But what coral love to do is reuse the old structures that old dead coral have made. So like if a new polyp comes on, it's like, hey, this is pretty great. I'm going to use the skeleton of this long dead coral uh, and live there. So when they build these structures, even if the polyps themselves die off, they are still very useful for new polyps and, of course, all of the surrounding sea life to take shelter in. Uh, it's it's really amazing. It's an amazing kind of architectural feat of these tiny, stupid, almost brainless animals. Is that why they, like, don't they, like, sink old, like, battleships and stuff to be, like, starters for coral? Because I always thought, like, nobody asked, like, the coral didn't ask for you to do that. It's just somebody said, like, what are we going to do with this ship? I don't know, man. Maybe the coral will use it. Sink it. Yeah. We couldn't come up with a different way than just putting our garbage on the bottom of the earth. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Great, great, great. <laughs> well, yeah, actually, that's been done a few times, and it's because coral really likes to have a structure to build off of it. And if they don't have that due to, like, uh, you know, storms or trawling, 
and destruction, you actually need to replace it with something. So like the Titanic, it's maybe it was an inside job by coral enthusiasts. Yeah, I knew because, it. Thank you. Yeah, this you. is what I've been saying. I, I Nobody listens to me, but the truth will be revealed someday. Katie, a second ago, you, you described coral as stupid. And mm. I just want to um, celebrate you for having the courage. A lot of us... We'll just let Coral get by with being like, <laughs> yeah. beautiful and in danger. A lot of nepotism. And I'm always the one who's like, and stupid. And also I mean, dumb. It's, re- it's so yeah. dumb. Yeah. It's so dumb. What's your favorite book by Coral? Just a trick. They're <laughs> too dumb to set, to do any of that. It's yeah. so stupid. I think that it is important to point out the dumb animals because there are smart animals. And if we're like, all life has you know something to offer, it's like, well, yes, well, but... Coral's you know, pretty I, dumb, huh? It's, it's yeah, Coral. Dumb. Come on. I saw a news report uh, not too long ago, and the headline was that the Titanic is disappearing at an alarming rate. And all I could think is like, yeah, man, went right under. <laughs> <laughs> but then apparently there's bacteria eating up the Titanic, and people are worried about that. And I'm like, seems like it. It's yeah. it seems like it's, yeah, it our fun. was a bad ship that Give broke. Get to the sea. Yeah. Yeah. Coral may have. We don't know though. Coral may have. I, you know, it's got emotional intelligence. You got to say oh. this about coral. Like, it knows when to give me space. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's, it knows when to talk, but more importantly, when to listen. You yeah. know what I mean? It's a great it, listener. It, yeah, it's a good point. Justin might not have your book learning. It didn't go to your fancy <laughs> Ivy yeah. League school. Yeah, but it Katie. learned on the streets. Yeah, Katie. I, <laughs> it's smart. Yeah, Katie. Smart and different. Wait, I never Katie, thought. Why are you smart on coral? <laughs> I never thought. Katie, knows, I would, uh... Katie, coral knows how to change a tire. It <laughs> no. can do like. No, no, here's no. the thing. You uh, do you know how to change your own oil? I no, don't, but I maybe don't. coral does. But it doesn't. It's coral. It doesn't. It's, it do, it doesn't. It doesn't actually know how oh. to do that. It is. Oh, I mean, man. it is true. Like actually, coral as a group, right, acts in a way that is more intelligent than each individual polyp. For instance, they actually have these battles with other corals. So like the reef is full. It is very crowded. And so they will actually attack their neighbors, uh, try to like eat them or attack them. Uh, and the way they eat actually, so like their mouth uh, is, I got, this is a big bombshell, but their mouth is also their butt. So yes. not uh, that weird. So wait, how do you know they're swimming butt first, Katie? If Whoa. their mouth is their butt, Whoa. seems like that's their face and their butt. After, Who are we to decide what a butt is? I mean, it's, where the poop comes out when they're sesa- when they but it's go- also where the before poop goes in <laughs> the <laughs> pre poop if my you mind. will uh, that's they- what I call food by the way pre poop pre poop sure. oh that's that's good that's uh yeah so they take in food out of the same hole that they excrete from once they attach to the rock once they become sessile the the coral and they have a ring of tentacles around their mouth but. Uh, that they can actually shoot uh, stinging cells out of, just like their cousins, the jellyfish, that they can use to stun or even kill prey. So they have toxic mouth butts that they use to kill or stun prey or also attack other coral that's next to them. So, you know, can't change a tire, but they can attack people with their mouth butts. Isn't it weird when 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 they do like the end of the year podcast awards that the podcast that includes the phrase toxic mouth butts is mm. not the winner of all categories because it feels like it should be. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for saying You're that. Welcome. I You're appreciate welcome. that. So I, it's also like I have been trying to make this catchphrase that the cloaca of of the birds uh, is the one hole that does it all. And it's just like it's never yeah. caught on. 
you know. Good, yeah. It's true. Although I'm very upset that it's cloaca. We said it wrong for a little bit. It's cloaca, <laughs> cloaca, cloaca. It's fine. I don't. Okay. Let's call the whole thing off. Um, <laughs> Let's call the whole these, thing off. The whole uh, thing off, yes. <laughs> in, in these polyp wars, is it like polyps from the same colony or is this like opposing? How does that work? Uh, usually it's opposing colonies will try to fight each other. Uh, okay, so one reef is made up of lots of different colonies. Yes. It's not one like macro colony. Absolutely, okay. yes. Thousands and thousands of different species of uh, coral will occupy a reef. And in addition to actually eating with their mouth butts, they have another very important way of absorbing nutrients, and that is through symbiosis with zooxanthella, or as it's phonetically pronounced, uh, zooxanthella. So... Uh, that is the name of a character that you got your dad came up with uh, in Ether C, um, who is it's really great. I love that character so much. Uh, it touches my marine biology loving heart because it is this creature that is made up of the kind of the sum of its parts, like it is incorporates all of this life within itself. And indeed, zooxanthella are microscopic algae that live inside the tissues of coral. And they're quite welcome there because this algae can use photosynthesis and it passes the benefits onto the coral. The coral gives the algae a home, a protection, and then the algae uh, provides the coral with nutrients, compounds like oxygen and glucose and amino acids. And it, is, uh, it gives them a huge amount of energy and nutrients. Um, yeah, which is incredible. I love that. Yeah, me too. How come I don't have any friends like that, Justin and Griffin? <laughs> Why can't we photosynthesize? I don't know. It seems like an Thank oversight. You. But the algae symbiotes also give the coral a lush color and are responsible for many of the glorious hues you see in reefs. However, when coral reefs are stressed, the algae can die or be expelled, leaving the coral this deathly pale white, which is called coral bleaching. Another thing that you guys uh, had in your podcast, which again, I loved, I, I, really, I think it's such an important thing also to people, for people to know about, um, because without this symbiotic algae, these coral are at risk of dying because they've suddenly lost such a major component of the nutrients that they need. Now, do these coral or the polyps, do they ever like voluntarily get their mouth butts bleached? Or is that just, <laughs> is that not? <laughs> yeah, Jeff, that's what it is. It's not because of just sort of pollution and mm -hmm. uh, human interference that bleached coral are a thing. It's just vanity. Vanity. Uh, yeah. They yeah. all, they the all read the magazines. They all know what's hot right Call now. Call up today. Yeah. Is, yeah. Your, is your mouth butt attractive to your, I guess, Self? Yourself? Self? <laughs> <laughs> My mouth butt looks like garbage. I have got to go see Dr. Clemens. I don't want to reproduce with myself at all. <laughs> well, on that lovely note, I think we should take a quick break. And when we come back, we will talk more about bleaching in a way that is maybe different than advertised, I think. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. 
If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. All right. So we will talk about what causes bleaching. This is the like sad part of the episode where I have to talk about global warming and the environment and how, you know, but we've got, we we will end on a happy note. Y'all can't see Katie, but Katie's used a lot of air quotes here. It's very, (laughs) it's so weird. It's so disturbing to me. I didn't know this was that kind of show. <laughs> the global warming that we're all feeling right now because the temperatures are hot. Um, so uh, yes, global warming and other things like uh, pollution, uh, farm runoff can cause the coral to violently expel the algae because the algae will start to actually produce toxic uh, materials when they're when uh, water temperatures are too high. And while this doesn't actually immediately kill the coral, even though they kind of look dead because they're white uh, and pale, uh, without the energy that the zooxanthella provides, which is sometimes up to 90% of the coral's nutrition, the coral can starve to death if they do not regain their algae in enough time. And they can. So like you may see a bunch of algae that looks super dead, but they are actually able to regain their algae if conditions improve. Um, and again, this is, I, I think, a wonderful thing in Ethersea where the Zook's character would touch a piece of bleached coral and it would come back to life. And this is actually something that can happen. Our show is very scientific. You're absolutely right. <laughs> I, I haven't thought was, about it before. I thought that was made up. I worried that that was, that that was made up. But hey, I'm glad that we But a lot of science is made up until you can prove it's true, Griffin. Exactly. That's how science works. You make it up and you say it enough times until people start to believe it. Yeah. That's, yes, on this scientifically accurate program, I'd like to say that this is how science works. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, so this year, actually, the Great Barrier Reef experienced yet another mass bleaching event uh, affecting up to 60% of the reef due to rising temperatures. Um, 
But the heat wave ended soon enough, and actually the Great Barrier Reef is undergoing one of the uh, most impressive revivals in like over 30 years, which is really heartening. I think it's really, really important for people to know that it is definitely not too late. You hear all of this uh, news about the environment being in danger, and it's very true. It's very important to listen to, but I think people get this kind of like doomy feeling like there's nothing we can do at this point. The reefs are dead. We're doomed. It's like, no, the barrier reef underwent this horrific bleaching and now is reviving back in an astounding way. Doesn't mean we can relax because, of course, if like we continue on the path of global warming pollution, I don't know, uh, sunscreen that is bad for like there's so many things that end up happening like you use the wrong snorkel and then you kill off an exotic fish that's why uh, i don't use snorkels yeah. why even worry about it that's, you know what i mean it's like dan if you do dave if you don't i don't think or, that's the takeaway that's katie was uh, going for justin no i don't think quite. Quack if you do quack if you don't you know i don't i don't know i think that that um i'm i'm really sorry that i have to make this joke i think that that is a really impressive revival and second only to the revival of swing music in the late 90s. Okay, I was but, gonna say uh, f- like uh, the most impressive revival since Funny Girl, but then I realized that that was in the news and I don't know why, so maybe I should. Oh, I don't know that either. Okay, I don't okay. know why that either. I was also gonna say banjo music at first in like the uh, 2000s and 2010s, That's but I thought- That's a real Yeah, I thought swing music would be more applicable mm, to I don't everyone. wanna go behind the bit anymore. I would okay. love to actually hear more about Coral. <laughs> So uh, to be clear, Justin, I would say that we learn from our mis- if we learn from our mistakes, like, hey, sunscreen is actually super bad for coral. You actually see now sunscreen that's like, hey, we fixed it. It's not so bad anymore. Uh, so you can go out, not get skin cancer, but also not kill coral. So we can actually learn and then we fix things. And it's definitely not too late. Coral can revive. It can make a comeback. And so there are also other really fun things that people can do to help coral reefs. And these are things that I think are, it's really nice because it's like on an individual level, we often feel like, like, uh, like, yes, we want global warming to stop. We want to save the environment, but what can I do as a person? It's hard to conceptualize what you can do as an individual, but there are a lot of really interesting coral revival projects that people can join. So you can replant coral. Uh, and volunteers in uh, coral nurseries can grow coral saplings. And then if you enjoy snorkeling or scuba diving, you can, you're shaking your head. Uh, I don't belong down there. That's not my place. <laughs> I breathe the air, Katie. I belong up here where it's safe. <laughs> I wouldn't make a fish come up here. Why would I go down there? Well, there's actually stuff that people who don't like the water can do. So like you can either do snorkeling and like replant things. You can even do surveys. Like if you enjoy snorkeling recreationally or scuba diving recreationally, you can make surveys of coral reefs. But if you like to stay on land, I actually agree with you. I get a little freaked out uh, I, mm-hmm. with yes. the water. Um, you can build things like coral trees, which are like these, they're these weird sort of very dystopian looking metal pronged trees, but these are used as structures for coral to grow on. And they like basically put them under the water like these weird post-industrial Christmas trees and hang like pieces of coral off of it. And it's like, okay, you go now. And eventually the coral will grow over this metal frame. And it's, uh, but it's great because like people can just do that and build that. In case, 
in case we have some overzealous listeners, that's probably something you should arrange with someone beforehand. Right? <laughs> you shouldn't just like make like 18 weird metal trees and mm. then start calling people like, all right, who puts these in the ocean for me? <laughs> that's probably a good good call, but I, I you know, it, it, you, you do you. I'm not going to say not to build a bunch of weird metal trees. Just know that you may want to have a plan afterwards, possibly. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it, it's an amazing kind of thing. It's like people are just like, hey, we can actually regrow stuff. And actually, you guys mentioned earlier sinking things. That has been done a lot. Um, the Off the Gulf of Mexico, they sunk an entire aircraft carrier that has been dubbed the Great Carrier Reef. I oh. That. I know. Imagine the one guy who forgot to clean out his bunk. And he's mm. like, oh, oh, my books. Oh, oh, man. Just one earbud left down there. Oh, just the, the worst. <laughs> and it was also done in Florida with an old missile tracking ship. Um, it was done off the coast of Thailand with decommissioned tanks. And Turkey uh, sunk an Airbus plane off the Aegean coast. So it's it's super satisfying to me when they like sink military equipment. And it's like, eh, it's the corals now. You have it. Yeah. Yeah. Let unless, the coral fight over it. Unless. unless. Unless the coral knows what they have now with all those things. <gasps> it's all I, oh. I, you know what I'm saying? Listen, now, I, this is, okay, to bookend it, we started it talking about why isn't coral everywhere? Mm. And then Katie's like, coral can come back. But let's not get too cozy with the idea of coral coming back super hard. We need to keep it in balance. You know what I mean? <laughs> we don't want too much coral because now they've got tanks. Now they've got airplanes. Now they've got aircraft carriers. That's true. Uh, it's Where, terrifying. Y'all feel, feel like the next great horror movie is like right there, right? Like coral decides like that's enough. I've had enough. Well, I feel like we've mushroom zombies are really hot right now. That's oh, right. So hot. So hot. And I think coral zombies is the next mm. the next big thing. I like that. Just like coral coming out of your eyeballs and like, ah, I want to. I don't like that, Katie. Why do you mm. like that? I, I mean, it's the same reason I like the word polyp, I guess. <laughs> Broken. <laughs> deeply, deeply, Im deeply, immeasurably emotionally broken. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome aboard. <laughs> Happy to have you. So yeah, it's it's a I mean it's a swords into plowshares kind of thing with these sunken military equipment or like swords into reef reef shares. Mm -hmm. We can move on. Because this, this, sounds, is... this joke sounds too smart for us. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know the original setup, mm. so I didn't definitely didn't get the punchline. Yeah, it's something that I heard. I was like, this'll sound good and smart, but uh well it did. Thank it you. No, it worked. It, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so this has actually been done for a real long time. Uh, in ancient times, Persians built an underwater defensive wall against Arabian pirates by building an artificial reef for the boats to uh, break upon. And in 17th century Japan, fishermen would create artificial reefs to grow kelp and increase fish yields. So, cool, yeah, nice. we've been sort of engine like engineering coral reefs for a real long time. My favorite now, and occasionally I'll see like people will put like statues, sink statues mm -hmm. to like give coral place to grow. And then other people like throughout, you know, Reddit and the internet will be like, it's proof of ancient civilizations. <laughs> and, the, and then someone will be like, that was put there in like 2016. Yeah. What are you talking about? It's like a coral chia pet. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's like get a Homer head down there, put plant oh, some coral. Yeah, that would be no, amazing. it'd be awesome. Yeah. Like a Marge head. 
Put some when they make Aquaman there. three, it will be a really good tie-in for them. <laughs> Put a big Jason Momoa down there. Oh yeah, no, that I I love that. Now I want one, but uh, not just because it's Jason Momoa, but you know, coral chia pets. So uh, we also have a way to draw visitors to these new coral reef settlements because one of the things that's important is like we just we put a thing down in the ocean, right? And we're like, hey, it's a new home for you guys. And then the fish are like, what? What do you mean? Like, okay, uh, I don't really know what you're talking about. So we have to make it seem already lived in. You know how like when you go to an open house and the realtor like bakes cookies and like right you yeah know, it's mag there's some like, staging furniture yeah yeah like here's the crumpled magazine in the bathroom huh uh, could mm-hmm. you imagine yourself having this magazine they do that <laughs> with coral reefs so they will actually play the sounds of a healthy and thriving coral reef to attract fish to it and other coral reef inhabitants uh, so that they don't feel like they're going to a ghost town, even if they are, which is like, I guess if a restaurant played like the sounds of happy, chattering patrons and you go in there and it's like a little weird because everyone, it's like there's just these mannequins everywhere, but it sounds like everyone's happy. I think it's really nice that you said that that would be a little weird. Okay. I think that's mm. very forgiving of the ownership of that restaurant. But mm-hmm. if they blasted sounds of happy people eating and I walked in and it was full of mannequins, that I would think this is a little weird. Yelp, four stars. Little weird. A little weird for my taste. Little weird, but they did uh, mention the word polyp quite a few times. Yeah. And what a bruschetta. <laughs> Sorry, one more time, Katie. What was that noise? Mm. Uh, well, here it is. Here is the noise of a healthy and thriving uh, coral reef. Oh, sorry. I misbreakfast. Okay. <laughs> so polyp is onomatopoetic, is what you're telling me. All that oh. crackling sound are uh, shrimp clicking their little claws. And then various Amazing. fish making calls. Because we think of them as being silent. It's just we can't really hear them with our bad, not water ears. I don't know that I would describe my ears as bad just because they can't hear the sounds of coral underwater. Yeah, I think that's I'm... setting an awfully high bar for me. Wait, myself. hold on. Can you guys not hear the sound of coral underwater? I hear it all the time. <laughs> is that not... What's wrong with me? Well, so that is the sound that they play to these fish, and it actually is apparently effective for fish. They're like, hey, yeah, it sounds like there's a party going on, and they go over there and they hang out. Well, yeah, fish are dumb. I mean, as mm. long as we're highlighting which creatures are and are not intelligent, fish mm. are up there, man. I mean, on a sliding scale, I'd say, like, they're not the dumbest. Well, no, that's polyps. <laughs> yeah. That's true enough. So when we get back, we're going to talk about some of the most interesting inhabitants of coral reefs, my favorites. Uh, and then we'll end with a little game. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, 
The CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. So we are back, and I want to talk to you guys about some of my favorite inhabitants of the coral reefs. Uh, Like a funny neighbor or like that teacher that, you know, like, oh, they believe in you. That kind of thing. Hmm. Neighbors that believe in you? I don't... No, the neighbors don't believe. The teacher believes in you. Ah. The neighbor is a little nosy. I see the nosy neighbors, the the teacher who believes in you. It's more about crabs, though, actually. Oh, okay. Love crabs. I know crabs are good. Uh, so uh, there's this is my favorite example of symbiosis, I think, in the entire world. It is the boxer crab, aka pom pom crabs. Uh, <laughs> you know, pom pom crabs. Pom pom. They are little guys, about the size of a quarter, very colorful, uh, very beautiful. Like they have these like orange and red uh, stripes and little white speckles. They're, they're beautiful. And they got little pom-poms on, on their arms, like little little pom-pom boxing gloves. I That's... would say those are two different things, by the way. Like, if I see a cheerleader with, like, mm-hmm. pom-poms, I'm not like, oh, they're about to punch someone. Mm, these ones are, though. It's okay. like combination cheerleader boxer, which actually sounds kind of good. Like, yeah. combination cheerleader yeah. boxer match. The pop. The pom-poms on this creature that you have sent us about mm-hmm. a thousand images of, yes. I enjoy. <laughs> the eyes that look like the devil's eyes mm. I do, I are less hot for me. <laughs> and where I'm at in mm. my life, they do seem like a- Oh, boy. They do seem yeah. like an enemy that you would fight on a beach in like a Japanese role-playing game. Yeah, less, absolutely. And not like a little cutie that I want a stuffed animal version I of. mean- It looks at some point it was nicer, and then it got corrupted. Yes. <laughs> He's just a frustrated little guy who wants you to oh, stay yeah. away from his little venomous boxing gloves. So uh, those little boxing gloves are actually sea anemones. Get out. Yeah. No. That's what? so cute. I don't want to leave. It's my house. Oh, that's fair. Uh, but yeah, it is. these are little sea anemones that it has put on a hook on each of its little front legs. 
uh, and they wave them around <laughs> to scare off predators. And because they're sea anemones, they actually do pack a toxic punch that they can use to, you know, like, yeah, jab people. There you go. Wow. Yeah. Good for, and, good for him. I know. And do the anemones like this? They are indifferent to okay. this happening. So it is interesting because they don't, it's not totally bad for them because the boxer crabs actually will also use the sea anemones to like scoop up food and eat nice. it. But then as the boxer crab is eating, little pieces of food fall back down onto the sea anemones. And so the sea anemones still get to eat like the crumbs from the crab. Uh, it also is one of the only known instances of an unrelated species of animal helping another species with asexual reproduction because a boxer crab will usually find one sea anemone, be like, this is about good and right, and then rips it in half and then wears each half on its hands and then now it's two sea anemones. Oh, okay. Helps, I thought you were going to say- Helps like, is such a good word to use. It helps by ripping it in half. Go on, Griffin. I, I thought you were going to say that he he like has like little like hand puppets. He's like, now kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Let me rub these two together. Just uh, Smoosh them together. Uh, no, no, no. He violently rips it in half, but the sea anemone is okay. Yeah, like a good helper. Yeah. Yeah. So, um so now it now there's two sea anemones, so it actually in effect creates larger sea anemone populations that does live on its arms though. So that's I it's just I think that's fun and cool. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's really good. It's fun for us and I bet for the crab. I imagine the ripping part is not the sea anemone's favorite. Yeah, a bit of discomfort there. It's but yeah, it might prefer a slightly different technique. I'm not really sure, but you know, if someone ripped me in half and then I turned into two griffins, I don't think I'd be like, "Thanks." Uh, Thank I you. mean, that was fun and cool. It's like I think about this a lot uh, more than you would think I do, but like. If I did, I mean, obviously the ripping in half isn't a great thing, but if I did have a second me, it's like my first instinct is like, great, you can do this work for me. And then, but then I'm sure I would also say back to me, like, well, no, you do it. So, well, unless that work is punching other fish, I don't think that that's going to help in this situation, Katie. That's true. That's two, that's two butt mouths to feed (laughs) and just the one job, the one income. Yeah, your boss is gonna expect your boss is gonna expect you to double your productivity to like that's just not the way that that the that the that the economy works. Yeah, these, unfortunately, these boss crabs and their capitalism. Uh huh. Uh, but the good news is that there are scientific diagrams of these little crabs, that, and there's no like they have tried, I'm sure, but there is n- literally no way for a scientist to draw a diagram of a boxing crab without making it look like a cheer routine uh, choreography. It really does look like yeah. Bring It On, Deep Sea Edition. They can't not do it. It's so good. So. My other favorite inhabitants of the coral reef are the cleaner wrasse fish, not cleaner ass, uh, cleaner wrasse. Yeah. That no, I have... they, they go see Dr. Clemens for the <laughs> ass cleaning. Um, well, bleaching. Yes. Yes. Uh, so the cleaner wrasse are fish auto body detailing services. So they are vibrant little fish species who live in coral reef communities and run car washes for fish. 
they clean parasites off of fish's skin and the fish literally line up to get cleaned by these little cleaner wrasses. God, that's good. It's well, that's so good. really good. So good. And it actually creates this tiny economy because some cleaner wrasse like to cheat their clients by like, instead of just like picking off parasites, like actually eating a little of their... They have this like protective mucous membrane, which is apparently delicious. Uh, and so they like to bite little pieces off. But if they do that, they get a bad review and that fish will boycott them. And so uh, not only will they get boycott by the client fish, but other cleaner wrasse, if they see you like skimming a little bit of mucus off the top, they will also punish you because they don't want to lose clients. Wow. wow. So if a cleaner wrasse God, fish has like a 4.5 star rating, everyone knows like... Yeah, they're a loose cannon. They will, <laughs> they will chomp. Is that like is for like? Does it have to be five stars for a restaurant to not like eat a little? I was bit more of thinking of, like if your Uber passenger rating drops to like a four point five, the uh. drivers know that there was at least one time where you were a real dirt bag, <laughs> and that nobody's going to risk picking you up then. One time you nibbled on them. You don't want to nibble on your Just one little nibble. Come <laughs> on, man. It doesn't seem like that should be worth a one-star review, but apparently it is. Um, also, cleaner wrasse will try to make it up to their clients if they've been uh, pissed off by giving them a little free massage. Like, hey, nice. you know, sorry about that. that. Sorry about nibbling on you. But, you know, what about this? Behind the shoulders? Behind? Mm -hmm. I don't think fish have shoulders. Behind the fins i've only had the fish pedicure i forget what the fish the doctor fish name that they have at certain places where they come and they eat the dead skin off your feet oh you've done that i have and it is surprisingly delightful really uh, it tickles like the dickens but at the <laughs> end of it i looked at my beautiful exfoliated mm. feet and said i would do i would i would do this again yeah i would give these fish five stars yeah. Wouldn't that happen, Griffin? Were you worried that they might develop a taste for you? <laughs> Come find you. It was it was at a uh, like a a, a a spa in Japan, and I was worried about how much giggling I was doing in front of the <laughs> other patrons who definitely were not giggling. Even you, and the I felt stink like, I thought they knew something I did not. Um, but I think everybody was just much more uh, stoic and not quite as ticklish. Considered they, impolite to the fish. They, they were used to it. Yes. Yeah, the fish are professionals, though they understand. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that's, uh, I, that is also, I would like to try that sometime, but uh, my closest thing was that I used to have a little fish that was carnivorous, so I would feed it uh, blood worms in the fish tank, and it would always just kind of nibble my fingertips as well, just to see if there was something, something to that as well. That's bold and brave of you. I <laughs> I don't know that I would ever put my hand in water with something that was a carnivorous fish, but then again... Human foot skin is meat, so mm. I guess I have done that. Kind of a right. double standard I've established. Yeah. Right, but it's meat we don't need, so why not share it with the fish? Yeah, good, fair. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, uh, I think we've just about done it in terms of coral, uh, but we do have to play a little game. It's called Guess Who's Squawking. It's the mystery animal sound game. Uh, every week I play a mystery animal sound, and you, the listener, and hey, heck, even you, the guest, can guess... Hey, who's squawking? Now, I say squawking, but it's not always birds. Sometimes it's birds. Not always birds. Mm -hmm. It could be any animal in the world. And you try to guess who's squawking with nothing but a cryptic hint that I leave for you. So, last week's hint was 
The Sharks and the Jets are about to have a showdown, but they really ought to calm down. I, I have a guess. Yeah, guess who's squawking? Ghastly. I mean, based off of the description of the Sharks and the Jets, is it something like a knife bill? Like a knife, like a knife bill, Bert, isn't that a thing? Or am I thinking of something else? A fine guess. There's spoon bill. Oh, that was what I was thinking of. A fork bill. No, that's what I was thinking of. A runcible spoon bill bird. Uh, No, it's not that. Any other guesses? Is it is it it, uh, mammalian? Yes. Is it an is it a uh, is it a sea otter? (gasps) Close, so close. Oh, is it it a river otter? Yes, you got it. Yeah, nice one. This nice job, is Griff. these are rival gangs of giant river otters encountering each other and fighting over territory. That is an oh. amazing guess. I've actually, you know, what's funny is I don't think anyone's actually tried to like narrow it down by asking me like, is it a mammal? But I'm happy to do it. <laughs> well, there's lots of animals that squeak in that yes. way, uh, and they they uh, they have a delightful otter. I just moved to D.C., and we just went to the Smithsonian Zoo, which has a, a whole otter exhibit, and they, I'll be danged if they, these guys aren't little cuties. They are. These ones yeah, are dude. big cuties, though. <laughs> well, that's less. That, does, that doesn't do it for me. They're five and a half feet, or 1.7 meters of cute. Nope. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's a it's big otter. A big, it's a big otter. It's a big otter, though. It's a giant river otter. Uh, it's found in South America. And, you know, as you guess from their name, they're giant river otters. So uh, they are big, fierce, and carnivorous. And while they eat mostly fish, they have also been known to take down a caiman. Oh, these suck. I can I <laughs> oh, take them. Oh, I no. can take them. I did a quick Google image search. These things. R- river otters. I- Nah, Whoa. I still nah, I still mess with these guys. They got big they got big bushimi eyes, but I'm still <laughs> Oh, I love this. I'm still for it. <laughs> Look at them. Whoa. Well, okay, no, there's some pictures of these guys that is actually not flattering. Some of these are like somebody drew a raw otter they saw in a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> That's terrible. That They're... looks like a an even worse animal trying to crawl out of the face of this animal. <laughs> They're a bit <laughs> They're kind of a fuss noodle, I will admit. No, but, this is an uh, otter that's seen some quack. <laughs> Bit of a fussy noodle, but they have no natural predators aside from humans because, you know, look at them. Uh, but they are quite competitive and territorial with other groups of giant otters. They yeah. have throat patches that look like Rorschach tests uh, that actually act as name tags to identify themselves to their friends. So uh, within a group of otters, they're quite friendly. They have extended family units. They hang out. They're pretty gentle with each other. There's not a lot of internal conflict. But if there's a territorial conflict between two big groups of otters who are fighting over, I don't know, a piece of river, uh, it can get pretty hairy. There have been otter murders where it's like they find a dead river otter and it's like, who could have done this? And it turns out the culprit was coming from inside the river the whole time. They need a better PR person because the top Google image result searches for these things are are grotesque. <laughs> they need better SEO, these animals do. I'm Googling. I also think they should push to just be called river otters, and whatever the other ones are should be called really tiny river otters. Little that otters. Thank you. Normalize it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the one where he's like standing 
and staring kind of like it is it, it does trigger a little bit of that like fear I have in me of being eaten by a giant otter. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. Is very yeah. new fear that I have. This awakened <laughs> fear. <laughs> well, uh, let's move on to uh, this week's Mr. Animal Sound. The hint is, who's this knocking? Well, don't let it raise your hackles. That is... That's the sound? No. Can you guys guess who's squawking? <laughs> I was ready for it to be a dog. What the? Sorry. It's, is uh, that? That is a, that's, um, that's, a, that's, that's a swallow. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Is that cockatiel? Mm. It's something with a fan that raises up, right? Mm. The hacker you're talking about that? It's something... We'll figure, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> it's is another it, otter. Is it, no. is it mammalian? Um, well, here's the thing. You'll find out on next week's episode of Creature Feature. Uh, uh, yeah, that's right. It's a, it's a big cliffhanger. Who would have thunk it? Oh, um, that's the animal. It's a cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, northern... it's, actually, um, it's actually me. <laughs> knew it. So, uh, yes, if you think you know who is squawking, you can write to me at creaturefeaturepod at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter at creaturefeetpod. That's F-E-A-T, not F-E-E-T. That is something very different. Uh, uh, guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you can, for having us. If, I, if people even need to ask, where can people find you? Uh, the easiest way is to go to McElroy.family. Uh, it's a webpage that has all our shows on it and like links to everything. That's the easiest way. Yep. We don't know that much about animals. I'm just saying, if you heard us on this and you're like, mm, more animal guys. <laughs> yeah, these guys are really smart about animals. I'm... I don't think anyone would come away from this episode. Okay, that is fair also. <laughs> yes, Travis. But yes, definitely. If you have not listened to the Ether Sea Adventure Zone, I highly recommend it. If you enjoy uh, marine life, I mean... No, it's not a textbook of, of animal knowledge, but it is highly entertaining, and I think it definitely stays true to the biology of the oceans. So, yeah, thank you guys so well, much you. for joining me today. Thank, thank you. you. So fun. Us. Thank you so much for listening. If you're enjoying the show and you want to leave a rating or review, I will be eternally grateful beyond the universe, beyond time itself. Uh, thanks so much to the Space Cossacks for their super awesome song, Exolumina. Creature Features is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts like the one you just heard, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or hey, guess what? Wherever you listen to your favorite shows, I don't judge you. See you next Wednesday. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, 
The CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.